to another episode of Cathode Raycast. This is the Story Screen podcast where we talk about all things television. I am your host, Bernadette Gorman-White, and I'm joined today by... Jack Kolodzewski. This is exciting because I don't think we've ever done a podcast, just the two of us. Never just a one-on-one. No, this is our first time for that. Yeah, mm-hmm. so this will be cool. Excited to be here. Awesome. Good. Well, I binged this show all today. Oh, you did it today? (laughs) Okay. I'm talking about Netflix's new Paul Rudd vehicle, Living With Yourself. And you watched it like a week ago? No, no. I watched it pretty much within the first week that it came out, I want to say. And I probably watched it. I didn't binge it fully in one session. I think I maybe two or three sessions. Because it's eight episodes. Yes. Or so, right? Yeah. Yeah. Eight short episodes are about... There are under 30 minutes. Yeah. I think um, like 26, 27 is like the general time. Yeah. yeah. So I got through it pretty quickly mm-hmm. as well. It's it's a, it's a quick one. Very quick. So overall, what did you think? I uh, – well, do you want to talk about what, what it is first? Sure, yeah. sure. So Paul Rudd's character, Miles, is a man who is just kind of stuck in a rut. Yeah. His, his marriage is faltering and you don't quite know why until later in the series. He's uh, He's schlubby. He is schlubby. Yeah. They just like combed his hair forward and they're like, you're a different person now. Uh-huh. Yeah, and pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> it does work. Yeah. Make your posture worse, comb your hair forward and put on sweatpants. And there you have Miles. Yeah, exactly. And he gets a tip from a co-worker, soon to be rival, that he went to this one spa, got this treatment, and is a brand new man. Yeah. And at this point, he's desperate. I mean, this is going to be... Gonna keep it light spoiler yeah. in the first first kind of section of this. Um but in the within the first episode, this is kind of the thing that happened the conceit of the show. Right. He's right. desperate for anything to basically. Change. Yeah. He yeah. just wants to improve his life because he feels like he's at a low point, right? Yeah, like nothing's working for him. Work, his marriage. Yeah. He's very unsatisfied. He lives in the suburbs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's just not having a good time. Oh, those suburbs. <laughs> They get you. Yeah, they really get you down in the doldrums. Uh, so, yeah, that's like the basic premise of this show, which is very simple. Right. And then as it progresses, it just gets more and more confusing. Yeah. Well, no, it's easy to follow. Yeah. But it gets more and more convoluted, I should say. Complex. Complex. Maybe. Uh, there's there's a lot of... um. The thing I like about this show and like the first, the first episode, I think... Probably my least favorite one, actually, really? out of all of them, as it kind of kind of just sets everything up a little bit. It really wants you to know that Miles is not <laughs> having a good time. So right. it kind of drills that into you for like 20 minutes. And then you actually get to like what the show really is at the end of that first episode going into the second episode, which is the living with yourself part, mm-hmm. which I don't think we've said fully. But um, without spoiling exactly what happens, there are two Paul Rudds on the show. <laughs> Yeah, that's pretty early on. Yeah. You you get that in like the first second. It's right there in the in the right title. There. Uh in the screenshot, the picture that you yeah, see that you click on Netflix. You're there here are two Paul Rudds. One price of entry, which is your Netflix account, uh two Paul Rudds. Two Paul Rudds. Mm-hmm. Yep. Exactly. Yes. How, how what did you think of the show? 
I liked it overall, but I have a lot of small gripes with it mm. that kind of start to add up. Sure. But I will say I do think it succeeds up until the last two episodes. I think the last two episodes felt very long in the tooth. Okay. Interesting. It felt very like a long process. And the very ending of the show felt like a punchline that I feel like Timothy Greenwood, the creator mm -hmm. and writer for this show, mm -hmm. Greenberg, not Greenwood. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like he had like a punchline in his head and he's like, I'm going to build a show around this. And then it finally gets to that punchline, and it's all right. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, we'll get to that punchline yeah. once we start talking about spoilers. But Definitely. Overall, I'm with you. I think I enjoyed the show. It's certainly not perfect. Um, but I think what it is trying to do and say, you know, it's another show that is very much about depression. Mm -hmm. um, and especially, you know, that kind of middle-aged sort of fatigue um, yeah. that is subject to a lot of different shows and television, you know, kind of in that like Judd Apatow or mm -hmm. I've seen a lot of comparisons to Charlie Coffin's work in this. Um, and I think it, it is an interesting exploration of that kind of stuff of like, you know, feeling at a low point in your life or feeling dissatisfied in your life reflecting back on all the things that were earlier in your life like all those better parts of you because that is really what the show boils down to is mm -hmm. the new paul rudd the second paul rudd is kind of the reflection of everything that miles has kind of lost sight of i mm -hmm. think um so i think it's a neat like exploration of that stuff in and of itself i also think i'm a big paul rudd fan personally so yeah. i would watch paul rudd you know make toast yeah um so <laughs> Two Paul Rudds is even better. And I do actually really like, um, I think it's quite seamless the way that they made the show as far mm -hmm. as having two Paul Rudds on screen often. Yeah. They really act well with each other, which yeah. is crazy. Yes. It seems like there actually are two they have Paul Rudds. Good chemistry together. And together. Paul Rudd is very much, you know, he's playing, it's interesting that he's playing the same person, but very much different angles of the same person, different mm -hmm. versions of the different same flavors. person. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that, like, you know, that idea that they both are the same person, but have the nature of them makes them very different in, in practice, I think is, um, Kind of a nuanced thing that I think Paul Rudd handles very well. Yeah, definitely. I think a lot of the elements of what this show is building towards are very interesting to me and mm -hmm. compelling. I like that basically this new version of himself that's supposed to be the better version has all of the qualities of happiness and confidence and just uh, overall likability. And uh -huh. then... Energy. Energy. And then... You see him as like the human version of original himself. Miles. Yeah. Original Miles. Yeah. OG. And yeah, it's all the qualities that we dislike in humanity, but it's what makes humanity real. Right. Right. And I think and so I think it's a good commentary for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think um once we're finished with these light impressions, we can dive mm -hmm. a little bit more into like what the details of those complexities are actually are. Cause I think that is like the most appealing part of the show to me. Mm -hmm. I also like the way that um, it kind of handles, you know, that idea around depression, not just through miles's lens, um, either of them, mm -hmm. but also through the people around him. And most importantly, his wife, Kate, mm -hmm. who is played by, 
We're, we're a little, we're not too sure on the pronunciation of this one. Ashling B, that's, I would assume. Okay. Ashling, Ashlyn. That's, that's we as good as I've We apologize to you, Miss B. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, who is also very good. Very good. And has great chemistry with both iterations of Paul Rudd. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, uh, and I also, one other thing I do like about this show is the kind of format structure of it in that it kind of swaps perspectives mm-hmm. every episode, um, but it sort of overlaps timeline wise. So you'll mm-hmm. get like, say, just to make that, make it easier, like the 45 minute period and then the next episode switches perfect perspectives and then starts kind of like at minute 30 sort of mm-hmm. so you almost get like a little bit of a recap of the previous episode from a different perspective and then it moves the story forward chronologically i thought that was an interesting way to put it together yeah i really liked the formatting up through around episode six okay okay yeah and well, then we'll the formatting got a little stale okay it seemed really silly that it was getting stale in an eight episode yeah arc yeah not a long show again not a long show um but we can dig into maybe what didn't work so much for you in those last two episodes sure and yeah. it very well might hinge on the fact that as i said i did watch this all at once maybe you were a, just getting tired of watching a television show maybe which doesn't happen to me very the often falls of, of binging which i don't typically endorse yeah but yeah, yeah. sometimes you just gotta you gotta get it done for the content i know mm-hmm. <laughs> i don't think that this is Quite necessarily a show that would benefit, though, from dwelling on an episode for a week, say, until the release of the next one. Typically, I think that that's very important in television, that you Mm -hmm. dwell on it, you think about it. But this one, even by episode four, I was like, but wait a second. Oh, yeah. Okay. And I was watching them pretty much back to back. Back to back. It kind of also does like a cliffhanger pretty much every single episode. Mm -hmm. So it's easy to just hit next and watch the next one. Definitely. Well, Netflix does it for you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I turn that off on my Netflix. Yeah. I think uh, it's a very dumb feature. That mostly have. because I'll fall asleep and then wake up and, oh, no, You've I'm halfway through all. the season now. Yeah. yeah. No. So uh, fair. I turn mine off. Yeah. Well, then, uh, any other light impressions before we get into actual episode discussion I mean, I would say before we like really dig into it, like if any sure. of this sounds interesting to you at all, I uh, again, I, like I think the Charlie Kaufman comparison has been thrown around a lot. And I think it, the, as the show at first, I was kind of like, I don't really know, because the first thing I had heard about the show before I watched it was it reminded that person of Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, okay. which is a movie I like very much. Me too. Um a movie about someone trying to forget the relationship that they've had because yeah. they're too painful. Right. It mm. is it is it's similar in the way that it is a movie about, you know, human emotions, human, you know, depression and, and relationships and stuff like that through the lens of a kind of sci-fi conceit that makes it gives it like an extra spin um mm-hmm. that kind of personifies like those feelings and that, that kind of internal conflict. Yeah. Um which I think that's where really the similarities lie um, between that and Eternal Sunshine. So I would say if any of that sounds interesting to you, it is worth the like, what was it? Like maybe two hours total of your time to check out. A little bit more out. than that, but yeah. And I'm assuming yeah. the majority of listeners probably have a Netflix account. So yeah. yeah. I will say I do think if it is compared to Charlie Kaufman, it would be like Charlie Kaufman light. Yeah. No, but, I, it's um, not as good or as heavy probably. Mm-hmm. 
But I would say that Netflix puts out a lot of content, and I don't think a lot of that content is great. And I think that this is a lot better than most of that Netflix content, and it was an enjoyable watch, yeah. and it's got Paul Rudd. Yeah. I agree with you there. Yeah, it is definitely among the better Netflix original content. Absolutely. Absol- yeah, and I do think that if they are to have a season two, which I don't necessarily think that they need, but we can if talk they about were, that. Yeah. I think that would be enjoyable to watch too. I yeah. would definitely watch a second season of this. I would as well. Yeah. I would as well. I mean, I'm always here for Paul. Yeah. You know? You <laughs> we know? like him here. Paul shows up, I'm there. Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. I actually, that episode of Hot Ones came out right around the same time as the show launched because I think probably his agent was like getting him on that show as some sort of kind of like marketing push for living with yourself. Yeah, definitely. And if you have not watched that episode of Hot Ones, before you go watch Living With Yourself, watch that episode of Hot Ones first. It's it's very, very good. Have you watched it, Bernadette? I haven't. Oh my goodness. We're going <laughs> to so turn I'll- off this microphone right now and watch that episode <laughs> of Hot Ones. Maybe not, but you should definitely watch it. Yeah, yeah, I definitely will. But yeah, I think uh, we're about ready to just yeah, get let's, into let's it. Let's bring into it. That's a good stopping point. So, yeah. listeners, if you haven't watched it yet, please go and watch it. Or if you don't care about spoilers, listen on. Gloves are off now. You've yes. Been <laughs> All right. So, uh, what we're talking about with those time jumps, or mm-hmm. the what we want to talk about repetition. now, like the, the thing that we haven't said. Maybe is that it's a clone? Oh, sure. <laughs> That's the kind of thing I was kind of dancing around in gotcha. the first segment. Yeah, 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 yeah. So this spa is a pseudo-Korean spa mm-hmm. where two gentlemen are doing this procedure. Are they Korean or Chinese? Well, I have the subtitles on, and it says speaking Korean. Oh, interesting. Okay, I'm not sure though how accurate. I, I'm not sure if they Netflix ever subtitles specified. Are. I don't think they do either. I mean, the one guy's American. Yeah. So that's another spoiler. But, <laughs> right. <laughs> um, yeah, anyway, go on. But yeah, he goes to this spa and the treatment itself is very weird. And he's kind of questioning why they're like pricking his tongue and like taking a blood sample. Yeah, and it seems weird. It seems bizarre. But the opening of the show, you see a Paul Red digging out of the ground. Right. Like resurrecting himself, essentially. And so you kind of know that something is going to go awry right. with this spa. But then you find out that, voila, they make a clone and they kill the old you. Right. And put you underground. Yes. So, yeah. In this case, it was a botched uh, kill. And they do funny stuff in there. Like, they've got um, um, Mr. Football. What's his name? Mr. Football. By uh, Peyton Manning? No. (laughs) What's his name? Not him. It's another footballer. We are uh, not Not, the footballer. Not the one. Uh, Tom Brady. Tom Brady. Yes. That's it. You nailed it. <laughs> yes. uh, there's a Tom Brady cameo in there. That's kind of funny. Uh, very, very thinking funny. Thinking about Tom Brady dying four times is, you know, okay. And and not being content with who he is. Yeah, yeah. That's pretty funny. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and it's a procedure that you have to have a recommendation for. So right. someone you know has to refer you. Speakeasy spa. Yes, uh-huh. yes. Which naturally his wife was not happy about later no. on for multiple reasons. <laughs> um. But yeah, so the idea is that there are these clones, but the Paul Rudd character, Miles, is the first person to survive. Right. And have to deal with the procedure itself. Mm-hmm. Which is interesting to me because his friend, well, co-worker, Dan, from work, played by Desmond Borges, uh, he seemed happy and confident right. and everything until another man was cloned. Because he doesn't know he's a clone yet. Right. Well, that's Dan the idea. Is that they're not 
no one, no none one of the people aware. have done this procedure um, because part of the uh, procedure that's that's important to note as well is that they transfer all of your memories over to your clone. So your clone wakes up and thinks nothing that they've just been to the spa. It's yep. the same. It's like a continuous sort of existence, except they feel brand new because essentially they've just been born. Yeah. Which I think is kind of we, we alluded to a little bit before spoilers. Like I think that's interesting considering the difference between human memory and human experience. Mm-hmm. Where original Miles has all these memories, has been through all these life things. And has the experience of being through these things, whereas new Miles has the memory of all these things, but has not actually experienced them for himself, which I think is really interesting when you think about that kind of first montage in the second episode where he's just kind of like running through the farmer's field and is just like loving everything. And like, essentially, he's just been born, even though he has all these memories, mm-hmm. which I think conflicts with itself a little bit, because what is the difference between memory and experience, really, when you boil it down? But... Yeah, I don't know if what they were trying to allude to is actual experience and having those memories take a physical toll on the human body. Yeah. I think that's probably it. The lead up for it, yeah. Yeah. Because essentially at the spa, they tell you that they're scrubbing your DNA. Right. And giving you the best version of your DNA. Right. So I guess just scraping out all of the physical impressions that your actual experiences have made on you but maybe i kind of i kind of interpreted that as just like you've got a brand new body yeah really because they just made that body (laughs) which is not even how cloning in theory really were i mean cloning is a real thing that actually exists but it doesn't doesn't quite work like that but no yeah because they do mention i think in like episode four or something they're like rapid cloning yes (laughs) they make a little aside to it like this is how this works yes Mm -hmm. they gotta age you up rapidly right um it's not a it'd be a very different dynamic to the show if it was just paul rudd and then a new baby paul clone i mean i guess that would be yes uh star wars oh mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) yeah i feel like uh this show has a hard time figuring out if it wants to be comedy comedy. Right. Or if it wants to be existential comedy. Right. Or what kind of comedy it wants to be. That would just be like straight up comedy if you just had a baby Paul Rudd. Right. Yeah. It's <laughs> it, But it, at the same time, it's not quite... I, I did find it to be pretty humorous. Parts, definitely. Just, you know, it's it's hard to tell how much of that heavy lifting is really done by Paul Rudd himself. Mm-hmm. How much of it is in the script and how much, you know, just... Paul Rudd has that kind of character because in a lot of ways it is Paul Rudd being Paul Rudd. Yeah. Um, maybe different like uh, parts of the spectrum of Paul Rudd, but it is, you know, him. It's hard for Paul Rudd, I think, to break away from what makes him Paul Rudd. Um, and in that way, it's just always charming and funny mm-hmm. on screen. But it's not like it's never like a laugh out loud. No. Kind of funny. And I'll say... The inverse of that, I think what didn't connect with me with the show is that pretty much any secondary character Mm -hmm. that's not really Miles or Kate feels to me like a young comedian in a writer's room. Mm -hmm. You know, like, look at all of these funny characters. Let's just plug them into this show. And Paul Rudd was the really like the only actor really grounding it for me. Sure. Which made it more tangible. But all the other characters felt so one note. 
Yeah. That it kind of didn't make sense to me, like, what type of comedy they were going for. Because I wish the other characters were maybe a little bit more grounded. Sure. And not just one-liners or punchlines. But I think that's okay, because they're not on screen very often. Right. They're really just supporting acts. And I think that I would have more of a issue with that if Kate was not as well-developed as she is. And I think the the fact that they spend most of their time and effort developing my, new Miles, Old Miles, and Kate mm-hmm. really made it work. And then all the other characters that are in there are kind of, you know, tangential to the actual story. Sure. Yeah. Although um, there's a little bit of like, you know, uh, the the two gentlemen who are operating the spa. Yes. There is a little, there is like some, you know, humanization there. Because they keep bringing those characters back. And I like that they brought those characters back. And I like that they they became like, there's a part where they're just like, dude, we're just like, this is just our job. Like, I don't know, man. I mean, it's not, I, we didn't, this is not our thing. We didn't design this. We're just working here. And like, one of them has a young kid and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was interesting that they at least put like that kind of nuance in there. Yeah. I really wish we could have maybe leaned in more to those two guys, especially the guy with the daughter. Yes. Because that seemed interesting. At one point, Miles asks that gentleman, oh, do you live here? And he said, oh, I live in the back. Mm-hmm. Oh, with your wife? He says, no. No, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was like, ooh, I want to know more about you. Yeah. And then you never do, but that's okay. That could be the kind of thing that maybe they go into in season two. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. But uh, I do think it was a little bit lazy to write all of the more rural folk the way that they were yeah. written. Yeah, yeah, And I also am very, very tired. And this might not be like a gripe on the show creator, but of the, like, secretary female who's just so vapid and young. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I found her very unbelievable. And I think it's a, a crutch that a lot of writers kind of lean on if they need someone who's younger sure. and more attractive. And a character needs to sleep with someone, so let's just make it her. Sure. That was very, I thought, clumsily done. Yeah, I didn't love that bit either. And it was just, they committed to it. And yeah. then they just ran away from it. And then, yeah, they just kind of let it go. Yeah, which yeah. I found a little odd. Yeah. But those were like my major gripes. Sure, sure. Just those side characters. I did think it was pretty funny that it's clearly, it takes place in upstate New York. Yes. (laughs) Uh, But they treat most of the characters that live in upstate New York like they're from the Midwest or from the South. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was really weird. (laughs) Upstate New York is the South of the East, Northeast Coast. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Which is not necessarily untrue in some ways, but it is kind of funny to see it portrayed because Paul Rudd has, he lives up in Rhinebeck and he's got right. that, he's got a, a candy store that he co-owns with, I always forget his name, uh, Jeffrey. Dean Morgan. That's it. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah. Yeah. That's Pretty good shop. Cool. Have you ever been up there? Samuels? I have not. It's uh, it's smaller than I expected it to be. Yeah. But nice. Cool. I'll yeah. have to check it out sometime. Paul was not there. Ah, bummer. Nor was Jeffrey. Bummer. But uh, the staff was very nice. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, the longer I live in the Hudson Valley, the more I realize, oh, no, this is very rural. Yeah. This is like the Midwest. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, I think maybe the bigger lesson there is like probably most of the country is more like that. And then the urban areas are more the exception. I think you're right. Um, Take that as you will. But. Mm -hmm. mm Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, I really thought that the show succeeded in having that episode all about Kate. Mm-hmm. And th- that, I believe, is episode five. I think that's one of the best episodes. I think so, too. Yeah. And it starts with 
a date, like a year, and it's BC, and it's before cloning. Right. And I found that very clever. That was a funny bit. Yeah. Because the crux of the show is that Miles and Kate were almost pregnant. Right. She has a miscarriage. And leading from that on, they start to realize that maybe they want different things. Mm -hmm. And Miles becomes more and more apathetic towards possibly having this child. Because it seems like when you see him in that flashback that he is happy and content and excited about life. And we don't really get to see what happens in that five-year span to see how we get to current Miles. Right. But something has clearly worn on their relationship, and it has to be the desire to have this child. I think so. It it seemed to me that there was going to be some sort of reveal that something happened in their life that was really kind of the breaking point for Miles. Mm -hmm. Um, Because, like you said, there is that flashback back to there we see a kind of happier version of miles um and he just seems so so depressed and so down when we meet him at the beginning of this season that it seems like something bigger has happened Mm -hmm. um and i was kind of waiting for that reveal but i think at the same time it's almost more interesting that it's not just something big happened it's just like everything just kind of weighs on you in a way and especially if you're trying for a child and Losing a child midterm is also very, you know, it's, it's, uh, it can have that sort of effect, but it just seems like the light has gone out for miles in a lot of ways. Oh yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And it's interesting. And for Kate as well. Right. Right. Even though Kate seems to be the one in the relationship that is still trying to prop things up for them. Yeah. I think that happens, uh, more frequently than not where in a relationship, maybe one of the couples or one of the people in the couple decide that, well, this will make our life better. Right. And it's such like a change of scenery. They moved out to the suburbs. Mm -hmm. And at first it feels very soul crushing for Kate, even though she doesn't tell that to Miles. Right. But then it seems like it's the opposite effect. Right. That Kate learns to adapt and Miles never adapted. Exactly. Um, And I think that's, we keep coming back to that. I think that is probably the strongest part of the show is it's not just about Miles and his feelings. It is also just as much about how those things are impacting Kate, how all of this, and in the same way of like moving out there, like it's something that kind of happens to Kate and she deals with it. Everything that's going on with Miles and his emotions, she is she, like, she is carrying that burden as well. And she is, she is part of that as well. And, and she is her own character in this, in a way that I think is, makes the show definitely like, it goes from like could be okay to like a good show, I think, because of the way that her character is written dynamically as well. Yes, definitely. Um, and I think that's an interesting, you know, that is an interesting um, idea, an interesting topic to kind of handle is like not just what it's like to be depressed or deal with that depression, but also what is that like to see someone that you love become depressed and get into that spot and still love that person or love at least like what that person was at some point before the depression really set in, but also, and not want to leave that person, but also like feel that way on you as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I recently rewatched forgetting Sarah Marshall mm-hmm. and that movie is such a good take on that. And I'm I, watching that movie again more recently. Cause I think probably the last time I had seen it was probably closer to high school. Oh wow. Yeah. It's been a while. Um, Seeing how it's so, it's also about Kirsten Bell's character, about Sarah Marshall, like how she 
really tried to help mm-hmm. uh, uh, Jason Segal's character and like help Peter. him. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> Peter. Uh, get like you know deal with his depression and how that can really take a toll on a person as well when it comes to a relationship like that. Yeah, definitely. I think it was also very cool because you don't see it super frequently where a male character starts to fall out of love with his wife, but not because there's another woman, just because he's falling out of love with himself. Exactly. And that's rarely ever shown on screen because he says a couple of times during the show, especially about the cloning process, but she says, well, why didn't you tell me that happened a week ago? And he said, well, it's not really about you. Right. And rarely depression ever is. Right. And it's very hard to understand that if you're not the person experiencing it. Right. But it also, you know, comes on the the side of the person who is depressed that has lost sight of how they are impacting their partner. And it becomes, and that's a selfish move on his part that he took the money out of their savings in order to help himself in this way, even though with something he had no idea what he was actually getting into, but he was that desperate that he, he was, he would willing to do anything really. Right. Um, yeah, I, I think that's that is probably her. she's probably my favorite part of the show. Mm-hmm. I think, um, you know, despite how much I like Paul Rudd. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. Because I think the first three episodes, you are aware that you're watching Paul Rudd, mm-hmm. and then his acting is pretty good in this. You yeah. forget that it's him right. by the end, Definitely. and so you kind of become less enamored with the show because it's Paul Rudd's face. Sure, and you get more invested in the other characters and Kate especially. Sure. Were you expecting that twist early on where old Miles shows up while new Miles is at the bar and Kate finds out? Oh, no. Yeah. That was a good twist mid-season. I'm glad that they did that relatively early. Yes. Because then they could deal with Kate knowing about both of them as well. Yeah. As soon as Miles or old Miles tells new Miles... Kate can never find out about this. Mm-hmm. And I think it's at the end of the second episode. Yeah. I just kind of rolled my eyes because I think it's such a trope in comedies that it's like, oh, well, we can't talk to our partner about this. Right. I'm like, ah, this, like, miscommunication trope is very overplayed. So I was very glad that they broke that. Sure. Very early on. Sure. I mean, it's it would be a trope if they actually kept it up. Right. But the, the idea that old Miles is like, Kate can never find out about this is in line with his selfish decision to do it in the first place and mm-hmm. not communicate with her in the first place about it. Right. So like him not wanting her to know about it is fits his character in that moment and the kind of motivation of that character. Oh yeah. Cause he wasn't uh, reaching out to her for help in the first place when they came to his depression. So right. why would he reach out to her for help now? Right. Exactly. Now that he, he has he a was, second version He wasn't of honest. He was never really honest with her. No. Yeah. Really for the past maybe five years. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But yeah, so that is a fun twist. Uh, New Miles is at work doing all of old Miles' job and much better than he has ever done it Mm -hmm. in the past. Mm -hmm. And he's out at a business meeting. I don't know if that's the case because it seemed like... He maybe used to be good Yeah, he he used to be kind of this hotshot marketing Mm -hmm. guy. And he's just, like I said, the light has kind of gone out and he's just... He just doesn't have it anymore. He doesn't have the the will anymore, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, his job also seems kind of miserable. Yeah, yeah, sure, <laughs> yeah. sure. Advertising, marketing, yeah, <laughs> a toxic uh, sort of business, soul crushing yeah. business. Yeah, yep. Um, so that probably doesn't help. But yeah, so midway through the season, New Miles is getting celebrated out at work, and 
Old Miles shows just up. Just shows up in his busted ass car with the uh, the door smashed off of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then they have to deal with the fallout yeah. of all of that. And then that's the rest of the season, pretty much. It's yeah. them kind of going at each other's throats and Kate trying to figure out what she wants to do. Because she feels very betrayed. I thought that was a cool angle. Definitely. That she asks her, her husband, so this new man knows what I look like? Has seen me naked? Right. Has experienced everything that you've experienced? Mm-hmm. She says it's such a violation. And that was a cool angle to take, too. Yeah, I thought it was interesting. I kind of, I thought it was interesting that the show took that approach. Mm-hmm. At the same time, I couldn't get it out of my mind that even though this was a new body, it's the same mind with all the same experiences. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if the show the show brings that to the attention, like it it states those things out loud. But all the characters that are interacting with him, including Old Miles and Kate. Don't ever seem to really come around to that idea. They still treat him as someone else. You know, mm-hmm. he's, he's never, he's never, you know, old Miles up until that point and then a different person. He's like, he's a stranger to them in which, yeah. which I think new Miles has to deal with emotionally. And I think that really like, like weighs on him emotionally to the point where he nearly He's ready to commit suicide. Right, right. Yeah, I think the show struggles a little bit with understanding what to do with the new versus old mentality. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes it seems like New Miles is very capable. Right. And other times he's treated like a baby. Mm -hmm. And he kind of acts like a baby. Yeah. Like when he's having sex with Kate for the first time, he's very confused. Mm -hmm. And granted, what's the difference between memory and experience? That's the whole point of the show. Right. But I guess it's the physicality was, there, right? Yeah, you of know? like getting the body to do the motions right. was very weird for him. You can remember an experience of how to do something, but like the physical, the physical memory is different than that, I suppose. Mm-hmm. And if you are in a physically new body, that could be the difference. Which is also why, you know, when Kate kind of they have a they have a little fling, a little affair mm-hmm. with New Miles, <laughs> and it just isn't working for her, so she she tells new miles that they're not going to continue doing this he feels you know the pain of being broken up with and it's kind of like the first time he even though he has surely memories of that happening like right experiencing the physical aspect of that is new for him mm-hmm. which is interesting feeling it in his brand new heart yeah feeling exactly. the heartache yeah i think the show plays around with a lot of really interesting ideas um mm-hmm. and it's certainly keeping in mind a lot of those complexities. I don't know if a lot of those really maybe they don't always land as well as they could. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of those ideas are still percolating around, which is why we'll talk about those last two episodes that you're not so crazy about, but mm-hmm. I think if they were able to expand a little more on those ideas, you know, the the tension is broken a little bit at the end of the season, but it could still very well continue if they were to do a second season. Yeah. Unfortunately, I feel like a lot of these loose ends that we're talking about mm-hmm. probably wouldn't get addressed in a second season and sure. probably shouldn't. Because it would feel like they were trying to like put band-aids on all of the things that they just kind of left exposed. Yeah. What do you mean specifically? Any? Um, like there are a lot of one-liners. Uh, they make mention... Dan, once he finds out that he's a clone, 
and Miles are in the car together. Mm-hmm. And they're just like weird little asides. Like Dan asks Miles, well, ever since you woke up, do you just have to masturbate seven times a day? Oh, yeah. And Miles is like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I do. Yeah. yeah. And I feel like there are lots of weird things that they could have gotten like into, mm-hmm. but just chose to use them as jokes. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. It's a comedy. Yeah. But well, I feel like a lot of things were very, not even half-baked. They were just like quarter-baked. Sure. And then just kind of discarded. And I don't know if those things are really important, but I definitely right. think it's telling that this is how the writing is in this show. They could also be, with the idea that they, maybe there's a second season in mind, those could be little threads that they could, they're leaving in there that they could pull at in a second season, you know. Hopefully. Yeah, so. Maybe. Yeah. I would wager that there will be a second season of the show. I, that would be my guess. I think, you know, Paul Rudd is a fairly high profile actor. I'm assuming, you know, Netflix's numbers are always weird, but I'm assuming it probably did okay. Yeah. Um, it was. I would think so. It was not like it didn't set anybody's uh, pants on fire, but I think it was like warmly received critically. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would wager that they will. Make a second season of this and then kill it after that second season because that's so. the Netflix MO. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. They trust weird things to a certain extent mm-hmm. and then they die. Well, I think they just have metrics that say that the viewership drops off after season two. Mm-hmm. Going into season three, it drops off. So they just do the two seasons and then they're done. Yeah. Yeah. R.I.P. American Vandal every day. That show <laughs> deserved another season. That show is so good. Well, that's how I felt about Santa Clarita Diet. And it mm-hmm. got its third season, but it didn't perform very well. But I still uh, loved it. Okay. <laughs> Thank okay. you, Netflix, for that third season. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. Typically where shows tend to die. Tend to drop off. Mm-hmm. I mean, I never finished season three of Stranger Things. so. Oh, you didn't? Did not. Uh, you're not missing much. Yeah. that's Well, <laughs> I got up to the last episode. Oh, yeah. And then I saw that the last episode was an hour and a half long. And I just mm-hmm. said, nah. No, thanks. I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. On our Cathode Ray cast, Robbie and Diana were very fond of that, and I... You are not crazy about it? It's so yeah. crazy, yeah. I'm, I'm with you. Yeah. I'm with you. Um, but yeah, so the reason I think a second season could work mm-hmm. is because at the end of the series, what they have been trying to work towards is achieved. Yes. Kate is pregnant. Right. But who's the father? Who's the father? A DNA? Oh, no. Nope. That won't work. Hmm. Because it doesn't exist. <laughs> a test for this doesn't exist. Well, they have exactly the same DNA, so right. it's pretty hard to tell. Right. So I think at the end, if they don't go into a second season, if that's how they leave it, that's the punchline. Yeah. That I feel like Timothy sure. was like, wouldn't it be so funny if someone got pregnant and... Two possible dads were clones. Right. Or one was a clone and they couldn't tell. It's like, ah, all right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. But at the same time, you know, again, assuming that that's the end of the show, which again, I don't think it will be, but the idea that I'm with you that I I, I thought that Brent, the ending was a bit abrupt, actually. Like I, I was kind of surprised when they had that revelation and then it just ended. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think really the turn there and where it becomes less of a punchline and more of like the overall arc of the show is Miles needs to reconcile with what he once was and what he has become. You know, like, because so much of the show is 
Miles's animosity towards this new self because he sees everything that he used to be and that he no longer is like, you know, you know, mm-hmm. impressing his wife, making his wife laugh, doing well at work, you know, being energetic, writing his book, all that stuff. Like that is stuff that he has lost sight of. And I think part of why he is so hesitant to why he hates him so much is because of that kind of like self animosity that is also so part and parcel with depression is like hating yourself for what you've become and seeing thinking about what you used to be and that kind of nostalgia becomes toxic um Mm -hmm. so like reconciling that aspect of himself realizing that that's still him he still has that stuff and then having to take on the responsibility of becoming a father with both of those aspects of his personality is an interesting like you know the metaphor there i think is interesting yeah but they just end it right there so i think there probably will be a season two and i think maybe they can elaborate more on that stuff in season two yeah i wonder too if all of that analysis you just gave mm-hmm. is from the show or if it's what you're putting into the <laughs> it show. It could be. It could be projecting a little bit. Because I felt the same way, too. I thought that it was a very interesting turn mm-hmm. for both of them at the end saying, like, oh, we're, we're pregnant. Mm-hmm. And not necessarily he and his wife, but, like, the two versions of himself. Right. Like, we did this. And while they're happy... I also think it'd be very interesting in season two to see that that doesn't fix anything. Right. Because he's not fixing himself. Right. Um, it's hard to say. I think I think maybe where we're both struggling with the show is that I think a, it has a lot of those ideas kind of percolating beneath the surface. But maybe it's not the best at fully realizing those ideas in some ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and there maybe is opportunity in season two for them to kind of elaborate on that stuff. And it be less of just kind of a punchline and more have a little more emotional weight to it. I, not to say I don't think the show has any emotional weight to it. I do think there is, you know, there is some some, some pathos in the show, and there is some I you know I did feel something watching the show. Yeah. But maybe it's some of those ideas could come through a little bit more, and we're just pulling them out because that's what we do for our hobby. But mm-hmm. and it's what we want to see exactly in the show. Yeah. yeah. And I also, I try to always tell myself, don't critique the show for what it's not, because it's not what it is. Sure. And I really try to stick to that mantra. Um, but I did find myself almost wanting Kate to file for divorce, mm. because the two versions of himself, while both were trying to be earnest, they were mm-hmm. both very heavily manipulating her. Sure. Definitely. And I felt watching it, I was like, oh gosh, like when is she going to leave? Because for those two guys, the two Miles... They were competing for her and trying to see which one won her. Right. And I was kind of hoping neither version would win her. I kind of thought that's what the reveal was going to be at the end there. That she was leaving old Miles as well. Right. Yeah. That she didn't want a part of either of them. We'll see. I mean, they could elaborate on all that stuff in season two. They could. Yeah. But yeah, going back to what the show gave us, Mm -hmm. I was disappointed that the FDA area even like came into play at all the fact that he gets like jumped and kidnapped by Uh this shoddy duo in the fda who don't really have a job but they're trying to make this cloning thing their job to investigate cloning situations i was so bummed because i really think that she is hilarious uh i want to say her name is beth something but uh 
I just felt like, oh my gosh, what a wasted Those two are so funny. I I don't think it's (laughs) wasted. Did you love it? (laughs) I don't think it's wasted because I think it's probably the funniest bit in the show is that entire segment. Yeah. (laughs) I thought that was definitely the most I laughed out loud watching the entire show. Um, But again, I think that's probably something they really, when you think about it, they did not have a lot of time. No, they didn't. It is a very short run run time on this entirety of the first season. So I think, again, they're they're maybe peppering some of that stuff in there so that they can elaborate on it more in the future. Mm-hmm. Especially, you know, if the FDA gets involved and it's a clone that may or may not have had a baby with mm-hmm. a woman. That's another little wrinkle in there. So I think it will continue... Like that plot line will probably continue into season two if there is a season two. Um, but I agree with you that those two were both very funny. And I was very <laughs> amused by that. That whole bit it was very good. Yeah. Her name is Bridget Everett. Okay. That's what I was there trying to remember. Shout out Bridget Everett. Yeah. But uh, I felt it a little contrived that as soon as he was in the, the breastfeeding room, I was like, oh, it's going to remind him of all of the babies. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> He's going to have like some kind of emotional break. Sure. And after drinking all the breast milk. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, and leading uh, from that breast milk sweatshirt into the future, mm-hmm. I feel like was new miles when he got back to his apartment and you see him contemplating suicide mm-hmm. And he decides, well, I can't commit suicide looking like this because I look like a schlub. It seemed like he was wearing the sweatshirt with the breast milk on it, which didn't make any sense. He was like trying to get like that breast milk stain or some kind of stain. I think he off was of his sweatshirt. I think he just put on a different a stained, stained sweatshirt so that he looked like old Miles. Because there's that bit where he comes Fair. home and he's trying to like look like old Miles. He's trying to replace old Miles. Yeah, take his uh, place with Kate. And mm-hmm. so he, like, fixes his hair. He pushes his <laughs> hair down and then he, like, changes it into some shitty clothes. Fair. Um, but I think that, too, that timeline period was very dissatisfying. Only because I felt like all of the overlapping timelines up until that point were very concise mm-hmm. and believable. Mm-hmm. But you have the scene in the last episode where Kate and Miles are dancing. Mm-hmm. OG Miles comes home, woos his wife with mm-hmm. their wedding dance like kate did not forget right she just forgot it because new miles was too peppy and upbeat well that's i think that's that's an important i think we should talk about that too Mm -hmm. is the way that new miles failed with kate and part of the reason that it didn't work for kate is because she's had all those experiences as well right and his kind of puppy dog like enthusiasm for everything she just he just hasn't she can tell i think that even though he remembers this stuff, he physically, it's just not there for him. And I think that's why she kind of just doesn't, she's just not feeling that same. She hasn't had those experiences with that miles, Mm -hmm. um, which is why I think she chooses to kind of not bring the dance back. But, and again, for, for new miles as well, he's trying to do that dance. He's probably not doing it right because he never physically practiced it like Mm -hmm. old miles did. Yeah. Also, just trying to, like, milk the good romance juju out of his wife. Right. Feels very fake to her, as right. it should. And like yeah. you said, manipulative. Like, mm-hmm. they're both trying to manipulate her. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, it's also a good analogy for anytime anyone goes through a very hard breakup mm-hmm. and trying to kindle a new romance with a new partner. 
how difficult it is at first to kind of like go through all of these motions that you've done in the past. Sure. And you're constantly reminded of your failure mm-hmm. of why it didn't work out the first time or right. the second time or the third time you've tried to kindle that type of connection with someone. So I think it did remind her the connection she actually had with yeah. her husband. Yeah. But, um, I, and, and that's one of those nuances that I think the show does that is interesting. Yes. I think that's the good part of the show. Agreed. And some of that, I think, you know, is some of that is not always communicated as directly. I don't know. We're, we're pulling this out of that show. Mm-hmm. I, and I think it's there. Um, but I think, you know, maybe what is stopping it from being like really great, like it's a good show. I'd recommend you watch this show. But mm-hmm. the thing that's not like pushing it up to that next tier is a little bit intangible, hard to put your finger finger on. But mm-hmm. but yeah, in that last episode, so OG Miles is doing the dance with Kate and New Miles sees this, sees that there's still a very heavy connection there and he'll never have that connection. Right. He sneaks out. And then we see originally the OG Miles, as soon as they're done dancing, mm-hmm. and she said, you you don't dance like him. And then OG Miles has that connection, like, oh. She was just with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they have, like, him on the phone saying, like, did you fuck my wife? Yeah. And then he's, like, instantly at his apartment. But when we see it from the new Miles' perspective, he has time to sneak out of the house, uh-huh. drive all the way to the apartment. Uh-huh. Contemplate suicide, decide he wanted to change clothes, change clothes, still contemplate suicide, and then he gets the call from OG Miles. Yeah. It was just like, oh, oh man, okay. Like, I see what you're building towards. Yeah. But I I wish it would have been a little tighter. I guess that didn't stick out to me, like the nuances of that that timeline there. I guess if you're thinking about it in that way, it could be distracting. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. That's it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fair enough. Just wanted to suss it out. Fair enough. Yeah. Could also be you binged all eight episodes of the show and That's you were starting to get a little tired of it towards the end. Very true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, um, what else did you want to talk about, if anything, uh, that you either really liked, disliked, different I, characters I that we, we haven't mentioned? I think we covered the majority of it. All right. Yeah. Yeah, characters I wish we would have seen more of mm-hmm. Go for is it. his half-sister and her boyfriend. Yes. Because they're great. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Those are two very fun characters. If we do get a second season, I would like to see them. For sure. Lot. Yeah. Definitely. Um, Aaliyah Shawkat and yes. John Glazer. Mm-hmm. Very happy to see them, even though it was very brief. Yes. Always happy to see uh, Aaliyah Shawkat. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, she's great. I'm not as familiar. What is John Glazer from? Um, He did Declassified. Or not declassified. Is it Aaliyah uh, Shawkat or Alicia Shawkat? It's A-L-I-A. Okay. Okay. Aaliyah. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, John Glazer was on Parks and Rec. Okay. As a bit character gotcha. for a long time. Sure. He did. Oh, man. It's not called declassified. I'm kicking myself. He did this really funny Adult Swim show. Okay. Where he's like in the witness protection program, but he has a reality show. Oh, interesting. It's very funny. Okay. Cool. Anyway. Yeah, I never watched. Great. I never watched Park, Parks and Rec, so... Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's very good. <laughs> I've heard. I've heard so much. It, it paints rural people in a very good light. <laughs> oh, good. Okay. <laughs> it makes them very relatable. I see. So. I see. Um. Yeah. Other than that. I think that's it. Yeah. I think we've covered it. I think so. 
Uh, the music was really great, and I thought tonally, yeah. color-wise, it looked very nice. I liked how it was very blue. The tones were very cool to watch. I'm glad you brought up the the music, because I almost forgot about that. Like, it has a score to it that feels almost, like, at odds with the rest of the show, because it's a little bit more like the electronic sort mm-hmm. of score. Mm-hmm. Um it gives it a sense of urgency that I think sometimes the writing is lacking. Yeah, yeah, and it, it, it I think it, it's like the 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 content of the show is not super sci-fi besides like the setup, but mm-hmm. the soundtrack is definitely a lot more sci-fi-ish. It's a cool one. Yeah, yeah, and I think this show does succeed from it being all completely all eight episodes written by the creator. It's a two-person directing team who's directed. Every single episode, uh, score all done by one person. Mm-hmm. So I felt like, although it didn't always fly as high as what I wanted it to, yeah, it did feel very contained and consistent. Yeah, which was good. It's solid. I think it's a really solid show. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's not like it's it's not a masterpiece or anything mm-hmm. like that. Um, but I think it's a really solid first season of a show. That I think I think it could go places. Honestly, yeah, yeah, yeah. I would like to see it go places. I'll put it that way. Yeah, it yeah. would be really, really nice. Uh, hopefully, this listenership will give it a shot and work on those metrics for Netflix. Sure. Yeah, <laughs> whatever they, those messy metrics, I don't know. Enjoying your show. We're not just numbers, Netflix. We we do like your programming. Mm-hmm. It'd be nice to see things exceed past uh, second or third season. Yeah. That'd be cool. Yeah. All right. Well, I'd imagine, Jack, that you'll be joining me for a Watchmen podcast. Fairly soon. I have not started watching Watchmen. Oh, okay. So I'm behind. Okay. I know Robbie has. Yes. I have not seen any of that, that new Watchmen Any interest? Yet. I am kind of letting it run its course a little bit. Um, okay. So that I can kind of watch it at my own pace. Gotcha. Not that I intend to binge the whole thing. Um, but I feel a little bit burnt out on the week-to-week discussion grind discourse kind of thing. I think Game of Thrones, like... Really spoiled that for me for a little bit. Yeah, because I got so sick of that being the only thing people talk about week to week, As even as I was watching the show myself. Fair. So I'm stepping away from that a little bit and letting it kind of kind of play out. Um, but I have heard interesting things, mm-hmm. especially this last episode. I've heard some mutterings that was very interesting. So, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. If I do catch up, I would be happy to join you. All right. I think uh, mid-December is when it ends. Okay. We'll see. So we'll have some time. But anything else you want to plug at the um, end of this? Well, I think by the time this comes out, um, Robbie, Diana, and I did an episode on Jojo Rabbit, which mm-hmm. I know you just saw as well mm-hmm. fairly recently. Uh, and I thought that was a fun episode. So check that one out. Awesome. And check out Jojo Rabbit if you have not seen it because it's definitely worth seeing. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, and I will say, listeners, by the time this probably goes up, we'll have about a month, month and a half before the Story Screen family starts presenting their top tens yes. of 2019 or top whatevers if Burge <sighs> decides to write about 19 different movies. He probably so he definitely will. He definitely will. <laughs> um, but yeah, start looking for those uh, mid-January and on. And we're very excited to produce our podcast on our 
top tens. I've got about 40 movies on my list that I want to watch before I decide on my top ten. I've yeah. already watched like 50-something new movies in 2019, so... That's incredible. You've done a lot better than I have, and I work in a movie theater. Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, working in a movie theater and watching, watching movies, movies in a movie theater is not the, always the same thing. No. So, no. Yeah. Kind of makes it more difficult. Yes. yes. <laughs> You'd be surprised, I think. All right. Well, thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Cathode Raycast. Make sure to check out our website, storyscreenbeacon.com. You can find all of our handles there for Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. Feel free to follow or join any of those pages. And come on out to the theater in Beacon, New York. If you are ever interested in watching a movie, we usually curate some pretty good ones. And I would say always curate some pretty good ones. Yeah. 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 I Different think we tastes. have like a ninety yeah, percent yeah. success rate yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> and uh, we will catch you next time. Yeah. Hey, leave us a rating if you like this. It uh, helps yeah. us. You know. That would be great. It doesn't have to be a five star rating, but like that's the one that would help us the most. So. You so know, just do that. Just saying, it would be nice. It would be nice. It'd be nice. <laughs> it's almost the holiday season. So yeah, just be do kind. something nice for us. Yeah. We record all these episodes for you, the listener, because we love you. Show us a little bit of that love back. That's all. Yeah. I echo that sentiment. Cool. Well, thank you, Jack, for joining me. Thank you for having me, Burn. You're welcome. All right. Bye. Bye. I believe it's pronounced Ashling. Ashling B. Can I see? It's an Irish spelling. Yeah. She plays Kate. Oh, okay. Okay, Ashlyn. Mm-hmm. Ashling. Ashlyn. Sometimes Irish names are tough. Irish names are tough sometimes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I know there are multiple different pronunciations. Mm -hmm. Kate is her character name. Yeah, that's easier. We could probably... After we say the actress's name once, we can probably just go with Kate. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sounds good. Oh yeah, what is what are the two? Just the names. Miles was the well, I guess they were both Miles, right? They never really gave the clone a second name. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs>